to another amazing edition of the sports club the sports club the sports show i don't even know what the hell we are what we are is having a great freaking thursday is what we are having right now so many fun great things happen today some great things happen over the week we're going to talk about a lot of those they're just i mean you name a sport you name a team that we're associated with some we're not there's just stuff going everywhere, but like I said, it is a great freaking Thursday. Hopefully, you guys are as pumped as I am. If not, maybe by the end of this, you are. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. For those who are new to the show or accidentally thought this was a different show, I clicked on the wrong one. Hey, appreciate it either way. Appreciate you listening this long. Maybe you should listen to the rest of it. Maybe you like it. What we do here on the sports show, it is, it is our weekly uh, all-sports show. From Impact Media, and when I say all sports, it includes uh, everything under the sun. We could have all kinds of different news and notes from different uh, sports. We try to cater main. Uh, we try to cater a lot to the Atlanta market, but we do talk about nation and worldwide uh, events and sports when they uh, when they come about. Things we think that are important that maybe you should know. Uh, you will not hear hockey on this. We have a hockey, a weekly hockey show, which will be coming later this weekend, called Board Check. You will not hear MMA, combat sports, or pro wrestling. That is on the show that preceded this one uh, just uh, just earlier in the week. That one is called Strong Style. But this is the sports show. This is where we talk about all things sports. And right now I'm going to talk about my favorite news note event, whatever you want to call it, from this past week. And what is that? Well, that would be our Major League Rugby team, Rugby ATL, who just played this past Saturday night over at Lupo Field at Life College. They played against the San Diego Legion. And I'll be honest, uh, was I a little worried? Um I don't know that worried is necessarily what I would say. Was uh, was it a little closer than I would have liked it to be early? Yes. Yes, it, it definitely was. Uh, no need for big alarms, though. There we go. I was trying to find the exact the exact score sheet there, even though I know a good bit of it. Our, our rugby ATL team took out the San Diego Legion 41-22. to It was a lot closer than that at the half because it was pretty back and forth. And then it seemed like there was a halftime adjustment 
my ATL, and they just turned on the jet burners, and it was over. It's like it was one of those uh, collegiate rowing contests where there's like eight or ten people in a rowboat. One people, or one people, one person uh, motivating them, screaming, yelling at them from the front. And to row more, row more, you know, different way, you know, different th- all the different things to yell at them. And then Rugby ATL remembered, oh, wait, we have a motor on our boat. Click. It's over. Now, San Diego are no slouches. They have some tremendous players. There were some fantastic ones out there. It's not like, oh, they were just overmatched. No, 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 no. This is a professional rugby team. It's just Rugby ATL had it. When they get in a groove, it is real hard to beat them. When they're able to capitalize on your mistakes. Uh, you know, because ATL wasn't perfect. They made some mistakes as well, but San Diego wasn't able to get that push that Atlanta was. Uh, some things I have learned in watching rugby. Uh, thanks to the help, as I, as I post the picture, thanks uh, for the small chat before and after the press conference from Captain Matt Heaton and uh, breakout star Marco Keith, who I chatted up before and after the press conference, which was which was really cool. Uh, you know, I'm I still trying to learn terminology and things to look for. You know, because when you first start watching football, you watch the ball. When you know, when you first, then you start to notice the other parts of the game. Is that lineman holding it, it holding the holding the defender off? Is that running back? Uh, doing a chip block to slow up the rusher so that the quarterback has time to deliver the ball. You know, little small things that if you don't know to look for them, you'd, all you know is that that play worked or it didn't work. You don't understand the mechanics of it. Well, thanks to uh, to Matt and Mark, uh, one thing that, I, that I'm able to look at now when I watch rugby matches is when the scrum parts happen or, or when, when the pushes are happening, you know, uh, when you're on defense, is the offensive team spreading the line out more, like they're trying to spread the field, or are they clumping together? Because if they clump together and they stay a little tighter in the formation, then they're trying to keep pushing forward and stay in the general zone they're in. If they spread out, they're trying to quickly move down the field. They're trying to, to, to really space it out and make it hard to defend them. You know, same as in football. If you go five receivers wide across the field, well – then you've got to go from sideline to sideline, where if you see a tight bunch formation, you've got to take your defenders and put them a little tighter that way. And like I said, it also kind of tells you how aggressive they're going to be. Are they going to use the speed, or are they going to try to use the uh, agility and the, the, the cunningness? I guess that's the word. I just made it up, if not. But are they going to try to use that finesse to snake through the line? Uh, you know, think of it this way, to put in, uh, and then uh, and, and, uh, Captain Matt, gave me this suggestion. He said there's a lot of parallels between football and rugby. So I'm going to put this in a football way. Um, the difference in bunching up would be like trying to uh, run the ball between the tackles or, you know, through in between offensive linemen, try to grind it out that way, where if you're spacing it out, it's you plan on aerial attack down the field. That's that's kind of the difference there. At least that's the way I've, I've kind of got it. Uh, you people, you people. I, I, I mean, like you that. Rugby fans probably know terms and, and better strategies way more than me. You might could correct me on this. That's kind of the way I saw it. And once that was brought to my attention, man, I could really see some just great technique and great push 
especially by ATL up front. game I'm looking for. So 41 to 22. Marco Keith, who was signed last week and had a try in that one. He had two today. Uh, funny story, I, I haven't released the video of a post post game video that I shot from uh, the same place I'm sitting at right now. Uh, but it, it was funny because obviously I knew the general manager Scott Lawrence was uh, going to be the first up on the uh, po- uh, on the press conference. Uh, and I knew Captain Matt Heaton was going to be second. I didn't know who the random player was going to be, and uh, it turns out to be Marco Keith, who I've been pretty high on, becoming a pretty big fan of his since the signing last week. I've asked some questions last week and this week about it. But here I am chatting up uh, Matt and Mark, and I know who Matt is. I'm not quite sure. He has like a, like a Gilligan floppy hat on, and uh, I'm not... I'm not really putting it together. And so, as as the two players sit down for the press conference, uh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, uh, I'm in the same building, but I'm, like, uh, there's a wall in between us. Uh, I'm in, like, an office off there, so there's not a big uh, echo at the press conference uh, at uh, uh, where they do those here, undisclosed location in Atlanta. And uh, about the time they sit down, I don't hear, I still don't hear who the second player is. Like, I, I know he's sitting there. I, I hear the moderator say something, I, and I can't quite hear it. My earphones kind of buzzed or something. So I'm sitting there asking questions. And about the time, or about the time it is, about it's my time to ask questions, I realize, I realize that uh, here I am asking uh uh, Coach Scott about uh, Marco Keith, and here sits Marco Keith right in front of me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> that was a that was an interesting moment. It wasn't embarrassing. It wasn't humbling. I, I really don't know <laughs> what it was. It just just it had a little bit of funniness to it to me. A little bit of hilarity. I, I I got a good chuckle out of it. So afterwards, when I brought it up to Mark, and he started laughing as well, and I was just like, my bad, I'm trying to learn players and faces, and I just never put it together. He was wearing a hat. Where the whole time he was playing, he wasn't wearing a hat. It threw me off. So, uh, but like I said, we, we got some good stuff going with the uh, press conference. I asked uh, Coach Scott Lawrence, I said, does Marco Keeps play open up other parts and players across uh, across the line and across the field because he plays, if you're at the game, he's on the near side by the chain link fence. Uh, I guess if you're standing behind uh, our, our Atlanta team, he is on the far left. I'm still working on actual positions and, and uh, position names and numbers and such like that. He's number 11, something like that. Anyway, uh him being on the on the far left side a majority of the time, uh, it, just his speed burst and everything, they're having to like kind of shade an extra 
an extra cover guy over there just to make sure they're they're getting to him because when you don't, he's put he's putting the tries on the field. He's putting the tries down. Now tries to score, remember. So uh, when I asked Coach Coach uh, Lawrence that, he said he said absolutely. When you have an explosive playmaker on the outside like that, it it does force the other team defensively to kind of shade a few more players that direction, which is going to give you uh, more one on one and and and, and two on one matchups you know, one-on-two matchups on other sides, especially if you can move the ball quickly or, or uh, a quick pass and things like that. And uh, I, I thought that, that that very much spelled it out, that that's why you try to put playmakers on the outsides because your inside guys uh, are going to grind it out. They're playmakers as well, but these are the speed guys, speed demons, that uh, you, you like to put on the outside. And also, in case something happens, they can – they could truck it down and try to catch one of these guys if they get through the line. Uh, let's see. Like I said, O'Keefe had the first one in the fifth minute with uh, with Petzer with the the uh, the extra kick, the uh, conversion goal. Petzer also had a penalty goal that was good. O'Keefe had another try. He missed the kick in that one. And uh, Petzer had another penalty kick in the 40th. That made it. Uh, 23 to 7, or no, that made it 18 to 15 because they had a couple tries as well and uh, and, and a penalty kick in, in that. Uh, Talapusi, he'd be famous, he'd be, uh, he'd be probably the most famous player out this way because, well, we're not far from a town called Talapusa. So that he'd be very popular out here. He got the try early in the second half. Uh, a couple penalty kicks from Petzer. Uh, Jason Dam, coming off the bench, gets the try. And Coach actually said that, too. He goes, uh, when, because I asked about some of the new players they're bringing in, they have brought in some uh, just, just spectacular uh, players. That's spectacular players to help build this roster. And... Uh, in doing so, it it just makes it to where people like Dam came off the bench. He's a starter. He's a starter for almost everybody, uh, for probably everybody in the league. He's a starter for this team. Given that it was so stacked, they could actually let him rest a little bit. They were able to rest a couple players who, uh, as I said in my videos, I was hanging out with on the sideline. Uh, super cool. Uh, uh, especially... Uh, Luke Schlotman, he was just given kind of a rest day. He said he was cool. He was healthy, everything like that. Uh, also, Connor Gauss was down there, and uh, Marceau, I believe, was down there as well, nursing his uh, his, his leg injury there. Uh, but uh, they were super insightful. They were they were into it. They were getting into it, uh, yelling uh, the right things. They weren't just yelling in general. They were yelling the right things at their teammates. And uh, real insightful as far as uh, it, all my, I say all my random questions. I probably had about two or three just trying to um, maybe understand certain things that were happening. Where before you're just watching on TV and you're like, okay, that happened. And this other thing happened. You're already moving on. With this, you're like, so that resulted from this other thing. What went into this? So overall, I had a great time. The next game is against uh, Rugby United New York, I believe. And that is this Sunday at Lupo Field. 
3 p.m. start, Life College right there. I think this is going to be a fun matchup. It's going to be a fun matchup because I believe ATL, yeah, is leading the standings with uh, 10 total points with two wins and a loss. Also with two wins and a loss are uh, New England with nine points. Not real sure how the points line up on that, how uh, how we got the extra point. I guess that would be another question I ask. Uh, Nola Gold at one and one has eight points. Toronto is one and two on the year with six points. Also with six points is New York. They are one and one. And at one, one and one is Old Glory DC. So this will actually be. Oh, so there's New York. Okay. I was just making sure. So this is another division battle. This should be this should be really cool. But uh yeah. Catch the fever, man. Rugby is fantastic. It is super cool to see it live. It is a completely game completely different game than what you see on television. What you see on television is great. But it's great live. Uh I think we're gonna see an increase in the percentage of crowd they can have here soon. I think they're right at one-third, maybe almost 40%. And, uh, yeah, we got we got to pack this place. This is, it's uh, it's incredible. Buy yourself a ticket. Um, I have yet to make it to the stands. I usually just stand along the sideline by the fence. And uh, it is a spectacular time. It's fun to interact with people. Uh, it's just super cool. I'm always, I've always had a good time. And uh, I think you guys will, too. Go check them out. I think it is rugbyatl.rugby. We'll get you to their website. has all the information, has the schedule, has the players, has uh, has the shop. They got just wicked cool color scheme. Wicked, super cool. Just wicked sick uh, swag you can get. So definitely go do that. Now. Let's go to some Atlanta United news. Let's just stay on that. Uh, Atlanta United news. First of all, congratulations on a great career to Jeff Lorenowicz, who has retired. I would 80% believe he will go into some coaching mentoring role because he's been doing that for the last couple of years anyway. I don't know if it'll be on this staff or, uh, you know, he could uh, join... Uh, Parkhurst, who is a partial owner of a NWSL team, I believe. If not a USL team, I can't remember. It's one or the other. Uh, I can see him joining there of some kind or uh, doing his own thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's going to retire and go fishing. I really don't know. But overall, uh, just great career. Lewinowicz is uh, one of the better players that we've seen one of the more popular players. There's, there's really not many people who don't like Jeff Lorenowitz. Uh he, he did some spectacular things here as part of some great moments. He really helped anchor the middle of the field when it was needed, even during the, the uh, kind of lean years. I say that, and this, this team's only, what, four or five years old. They had, what, two years with Tata Martinez. They had two years with Frank DeBoer. 
and they had uh, and they had uh, two years or, or now they're they're in I guess year five with uh, Heinze. And from what I've heard, listening to, uh, if you ever want to catch up, uh, these are the two best, I believe, places to listen to, uh, outside of here, the two best places to listen to Atlanta United News is Soccer Down Here with Jason Longshore, Jarrett Smith, and John Nelson, and if you're not... Even if you listen to them, or even if you're not listening to soccer down here, uh, the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast with Doug Robertson of the AJC. He's the AJC beat writer who has been on top of this team since long before there was a team. Those are the go-to people. Uh, Jason Longshore is actually one of the radio play-by-play commentators from 929 The Game for Atlanta United. And uh, him, John Nelson, and Jared Smith, are uh, they know their stuff. All four of those people, I 100% endorse. Uh, as far as games, Atlanta United wins one to nothing versus LD Algilens. Hoping I'm saying that right. In leg one of the Concacaf Championship round of 16. Uh, the big thing to really talk about was not even the one to nothing victory so much. It was the Guzan red card. A lot of people say, how did how did Guzan, the most even-tempered guy on the field, the, the leader, the captain, how did he get a red card? Okay, well, there was a ball played back in his direction that was not quite played the way it should. It wasn't a bad pass. It wasn't a super amazing pass. And so, actually, uh, one of the LD Algelins, I swear I'm butchering that, uh, one of the opposing players started taking a run at it, as he's entitled to do. And Guzan had to make the decision, stay in goal and potentially give up a goal, or come out and make a play on the ball and potentially have to make a tackle that's going to get you sent off. And this was right before halftime. So what is it? uh, What does he do? He comes out and makes a play on the ball. And um, gets a red card. That was in the 43rd minute. Which means, by the time they sorted it all out, because they did check it and everything, uh, by the time they sort it out, and Guzan is is uh, shown the red card, and he, he understands. Uh, it has happened to him before. Uh, so, in the 47th minute, Atlanta is forced to substitute for Jake Mulraney, who you want to keep on the field, but at this point, he was, he was unfortunate. He was the expendable one. They bring on, I believe, rookie Rocco Rios Novo, who uh, Link last played for Atlanta United 2. He was recently signed just a handful of days ago, I believe, 
to come in and play goal. And you're going to play 10 men. So you're going to have 10 people in the field. You're going to have Rocco in the Rocco Novo in goal. So you uh, you start the second half that way, knowing you're playing a man down. The thing to do is to try to score one early and then just sit back and they call it parking the bus. That's what you need to do. You need to just park the bus, do your best to hold everybody off, and just hold on to that one goal lead. If you get a chance to add another great, most of the time you don't. What do they do? Ten minutes, or no, four minutes into the start of the second half, there's a penalty. On the opposing team. I guess I'm going to keep calling them that because Algerlins. I'm going to go with Algerlins. Uh, there's one on Algerlins, and it gives the it ends up getting the penalty kick. Different penalty kick than rugby. We were just talking about penalty kick. One on one with the goalie for Atlanta United. Ezekiel Barco lines up, smashes it home. It's one to nothing. Atlanta United, we all know at that point, that ends up being the final score. And uh, what a fantastic thing. You know, what a what a just fantastic thing. They win one to nothing. They have a one-goal lead going into the second leg of this, which means as long as they win the game or tie, it is automatic. They lose, and it needs to be by uh, no more than one goal. But they will actually play next Tuesday at Fifth Third Bank Stadium, same place Kennesaw plays. They will be playing next Tuesday at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. That game is at 6 p.m. I think it's going to be on TV because uh, I will not be able to make it next Tuesday to that game. They did it. They did mention it while we were at the KSU game um, over the weekend, which I will get into in a minute. But it's going to be a big. It's it's a big. It's a big matchup for Concacaf. This is a team that usually gets through this round before things have happened. So, I anticipate that uh, they're going to play, like, Guzan's going to be out. So, you're going to have Rocco Rios Novo start in goal, would be my guess. That's what Doug Robertson said as well. I believe uh, Jason and John and Jared echoed the same. It seems like the likely move, as far as who is backing up, it, uh, it will not be Alec Kahn, because he is recovering from off-season surgery. Uh, I really don't know who the other backup is going to be, but I think Novo is more than capable. I think he is showing that once Guzan moves on, he could be the guy between him and Khan could be battling it out for that spot. I feel good with either one of them. And Atlanta United, man, just keep on rolling. That train keeps on rolling. I think they're going to probably win one to nothing. Again, maybe two to nothing, maybe two to one, something like that. I think they're still going to win the game. I think they're going to move on, even though LD Algerlands is one of the top teams in Latin America. They are really, really good. It should be fun. Should be fun. Speaking of Kennesaw, we just talked about Fifth Third Bank, where they play. 
Well, they won't be playing this weekend, which is part of why there's a game Tuesday. Because they won't be playing. Let's see. Well, they won't be playing this weekend, so it makes it easier to have the field ready for Tuesday, I guess. Let's put it that way. And uh, that is because they just marauded. Is that that a word I could use? Marauded? They, uh, I don't want to get too graphic into this. I was going to make some kind of owl reference. But uh, let's just say they beat the brakes off of Robert Morris. And Robert Morris put up a good fight early on, but it ended up being 35 to nothing. Kennesaw? Uh, Once they turned it on, they really turned it on. This offense started to look really good. We had, yeah, it was the first collegiate start for Xavier Shepard, the six foot two hundred five freshman. From Nashville, Tennessee, uh, he came in, and I'll be honest, that, that offense was moving pretty good. To be a guy making his first start, uh, you want to get him some time in, but wow, that it, uh, it was something, man. He uh, three for three for forty-five yards and a touchdown. He had nineteen carries for ninety-three yards and a touchdown himself. Uh, some other n- notable uh, Kyle Glover had eighty-four yards. On the day, Adelike had 73 and a touchdown. Isaac Foster had 57 and a touchdown. Uh, Simmons and Clardy added some as well as far as receiving. Hagler had two big catches for 39 yards of the score. And uh, Marshall added a, uh, a six-yard catch as well. Uh, Bryson Armstrong, The, uh, the the leader by far. This this kid, it is it has been amazing watching. Uh, I've got to see three of his four years at Kennesaw up close. There was one year we were not able to cover Kennesaw a few years back. But, uh, this kid, man, he needs something else. He he is going to be a great, I think, middle linebacker. I think he has the potential to play on the next level. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but uh, he he uh, he ends up here with the pick six. Takes it all the way back for 75 yards, and uh, this is what kind of player and what kind of person he is. When we asked him at the press conference about it, uh, he, he initially lit up and smiled, and then it immediately faded into a normal, just straight-up look. And he talked about how it wouldn't be possible without the great blocking, and he started calling out players by name. This guy made this block. This guy made this block. This guy made this play. He pretty much calls out the entire team and says what all – parts they played in this and, and the coaches and practice and all that. It was, it was, uh, it was really cool because, uh, it, we weren't expecting that we should because that's pricing, but, uh, just, just an exceptional, just an exceptional young man. And that of course leads to this weekend's game, which is pretty much for the division, even though I, I, I could make an argument. One o'clock on ESPN Plus this Saturday, four and zero Kennesaw State is going to take on 
2-0 Monmouth. Yeah, that's, that's um, I guess 3-0 would be good enough to claim the division. But, uh, you know, if you're Monmouth, I would almost say that uh, it, it, no matter what, it should be Kennesaw. If they're 4-1, I think that is better than 3-0. and And that's, that's a non-biased thing. But it, either way, ESPN Plus at 1 o'clock this Saturday, um, tune in. Tune in, because this is for the division. What I am hearing... What I'm hearing, this is all speculation. I have not heard from any KSU official. I haven't heard from any Big South, any FCS, uh, FBA, whatever they whatever they want to call it as far as playoffs. What I'm hearing is that if Kennesaw wins, they will be uh, have a really great seed in the playoffs, potentially host a game. If Monmouth wins, uh, then they would take that top spot, and Kennesaw could still be in the mix. We're not sure. I don't know how to calculate things either because I, last time I checked, four and I was pretty damn good, and four and one is not that, not that bad. But we'll see what happens. We, we really will because it, it's pretty much going to be decided. And uh, good luck to the Owls. We will be watching, and uh, hopefully, uh, if I get the chance, I will do some videos, our usual videos before. And after, and of course, halftime. If not, I'll, I'll try to do one before and after. Now, let's talk a little Atlanta Braves while we can. The uh, Atlanta Braves lost their first four games at home, or their first four games. They were 0 and 4. Uh, doom and gloom. Don't know what's going to happen. Can't believe this and that. It's. Got a lot of Atlanta fans. We really do. We really do love all of you guys. Because I predicted that as soon as one or two wins hit the board, everybody kind of forgets about 0-4. Plus, as I brought up to John Watts from right here at Impact Media, he said, oh, no, they're 0-4. I said, okay, there's only 158 more games to play. I think they'll be okay. Law of averages says they're going to win 90 of those games or better, you know? They're, they're a really good team. They're probably the second-best overall team in the National League. I would put them right there close to the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers may have a slight edge. But in a seven-game series, who knows? They're, they're a, a good matchup for them. And uh, if that's what the NL come down to, I take my money. But early on, of those four losses, practically all the runs were from home runs, which is fine. It's, it's, it's not a bad thing. Uh, I, in fact, I, I said earlier, as I was at uh, our friends, the Buttered Other, uh, I, I told one of the uh, amazing uh, girls there that uh, kind of the theme for the week and the theme for the day is is kind of take that baseball mentality into life. You know, be a little calculated, but hey, go up to the plate, and when you get the chance, take a big swing. Because if you miss, okay, don't be afraid to strike out. And so the Braves have been swinging hard, swinging early. Hasn't worked out in the win column up to that point, but they're scoring runs, which is eventually going to lead to wins. You know, because not every day you score four runs and your opponent scores five. That's not every day. Most of the time, four runs will about win you uh, two-thirds of your games. Now, one of the 
uh, standout players, I would say, and, and I'm not surprised at all. I'm a huge fan of this guy. I've told Braves fans that you're going to really love this guy because he's, he's not only fan-friendly, but he's just super awesome. He's just a great ball player, and those are the people that I usually gravitate to. I gravitate to the characters and the just great ball players. Well, we're going to talk about Kung Fu Panther. Pablo Sandoval, who blasted a home run the other day and did a fantastic job, and in the doubleheader that the Braves won both of just yesterday, they are now 2-4 and four on the year going into uh, the next few games, 2-4. and four. And once again, nobody's talking about the four losses anymore. They're talking about the two great wins. And Pablo Sandoval blasting another home run. Kung Fu Panda, man, you guys are going to love this guy. He is so cool. And he's just colorful, and he's he's going to help this team so much. He's going to add a lot of stability. But, uh, I mean, do we have an upcoming Braves schedule? I thought at some point maybe we would here. Can we see if we can get that maybe? Because, I mean, they could be playing right now. There's a good chance that, um, are they playing? They are not. Okay, good. I was about to say, if they're playing right now and nobody said anything, I was not going to be the happiest of campers because I would have liked to know that. Uh, they do, they will be playing. Hmm. There we go. Braves Phillies Saturday at 720. Uh, the surging Phillies, and for some reason the Nationals too, but uh, they're going to start that series with the Phillies at home. This is a homestand, so uh, good for them. Uh, what else can we get into? Let's get, uh, let me do some news and notes, and then we will end with uh, some big stuff in the NFL. The Georgia State spring game is next Friday. That is April the 16th at 6.30 was the last time I heard. If you want to attend said game, you can go to, I think, uh, georgiastatepanthers.com and uh, look for some information there. I believe it's free, but they're only allowing so many in. So if you do want to go, you probably want to catch them a little early. Uh, If you stay after the game, post-game celebration, uh, they're going to show Charlie and the Chocolate Factory on the big screen. So uh, go in and watch Johnny Depp at his finest. Uh, it should be cool. It's, it's a real cool arena to watch things on the screen like that. And um, go by, check them out. Check out the team. The team looks uh, amazing for everything I've seen in practice. It'll be fun to see them go against each other. And there's always those two or three breakouts, just big time, just spectacular plays you see during a spring game. So go check those out. Also, the Georgia Swarm. Yep. We're going to be doing some Georgia Swarm stuff this year when their season kicks off. Now, granted, it won't kick off till like, December, but we're going to be doing some cool stuff with them coming up. We're still working on some of that. They are hosting a golf tournament. This golf tournament Let's see where it benefits the Vet Ticks Foundation. It provides tickets to events for all branches of the current serving U.S. military and veterans, including the immediate families of troops who gave their lives defending our country. Yep. They help honor the people who serve and have served this great country and all kinds 
of uh, uh, battles and wars across the world by uh, letting them get their mind off that kind of stuff and coming to sports events. That's that's really cool. Uh, here we go. Uh, this is going to be at Bears Best Atlanta, which is in Swanee. It is going to be on Friday, May the 7th. I will try to mention this again the next coming weeks. Registration opens at 9, shotgun start at 10 a.m. If you want to be a part of this event, I would say try to register early because it could fill up. It is open to the public. Uh, it also has exclusive member offers. Now, here's the cool thing about this. They say there's three types of golfers. There's a traditional golfer, there's a specialist lacrosse golfer, and there's a 15th club aficionado. The thing about this tournament, you get up to... 15 normal clubs and one special club in your bag. At, when I first heard this, I can't lie, I had to go look at my golf bag and see how many I actually have. I have, I, have, uh, I think I play with 13. But uh, I'm still working out some kinks on some things. Uh, anyway, if you're a traditional golfer, you will play with 14 regulation golf clubs or fewer. You don't have to have 14. You just can't have more than 14. If you're a specialist, well, your 15th club it's a lacrosse stick, which means occasionally it's a best ball tournament. So when it is your turn, you can pick up said ball, put it in the uh, net housing there of a lacrosse stick and uh, make the shot. Or you can use a lacrosse stick for every shot in the entire round. That's incredible. That's, I, I really love that. I wish I could make this tournament. I cannot because of things I am doing. Uh, uh, end of the round there, but uh, this is a cool event, and let me see if I can find, uh, here we go, you can, normal rate for a team, it is four players, uh, it is one foursome of four golfers, there's two carts, two golfers per cart, gift bag, breakfast and lunch, the driving range, post-tournament reception, you get two full season swarm 2021-22 memberships donated to the VetTix Foundation and a professional lacrosse stick in every foursome there, which is awesome. That is for 950 bucks. It's not bad when you divide it among four people. You know you want to go support these. And uh, you can do whole sponsorships. You can do donations, things like that, of uh, $500 and such. There is, uh, You can just get four full-season memberships donated to the VetTix Foundation for a thousand, uh, all kinds of other sponsorship deals starting at five hundred bucks, and uh, you can contact a, a Swarm account executive today at eight four 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 G A Swarm. That's eight four 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 G A Swarm to find out how you can sign up, play all the fun things like that. I'm sure their website will have. All of uh, that great things, too. But that is an amazing event. It, it benefits a great organization. So go check it out. Uh, let's, uh, that leaves us to the NFL. Um, to me, there's, there's three stories that I think you should really know about that we either haven't talked about or talked about somewhere. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been hosting Jeopardy so far four days this week. I've seen three of the four. I'm going to watch the other one since we get done with this. He's going to host through the end of next week. It did two weeks' worth. Um, once again, Jeopardy's a smart show. 
Roger's a really smart guy. He's actually a fun host. I, I, I appreciate him. He adds a different dimension. Uh, could this be a permanent gig for him? Sure. I think he's using this to, to uh, kind of mess with the Packers because the Packers don't seem to be all in on him anymore. They're about 75 80% on him. So he's saying, well, I'm 75 80% on you guys as well. 75 or 80% of my time will be spent towards you guys in, in the season time. And in the off season, well, I'm going to – he'll probably be at the Kentucky Derby. He loves to go there. Um, he'll probably be hanging out with his fiance. Why not? He'll be hosting Jeopardy. Um, there's just a lot of stuff, but he has a really cool dimension. Uh, spoiler alert, if you have not seen the first episode, he hosts the returning champion at that point. He is a uh, holdover from last week. Did not have a a, uh, a real response for the Final Jeopardy uh, question. So what he did was uh, his question response was, Uh, do you really kick the field goal or something like that, which is a way to troll Rodgers and the Packers for deciding to kick that field goal where the Buccaneers beat them in the playoffs this past year, to which Rodgers said, it's a good question. And uh, he just rolled with it because Aaron can take it. He's not, I'm not going to even go this direction. I'm not going to talk about this guy beyond this, but this is also you know, he's not Kevin Durant. He's He can take a joke. He could roll with the punches. He doesn't. I don't think he has burner accounts. I don't think he has burner accounts where he can uh, uh, be on social media and do things like that. Uh, no, Rogers just rolls with it. He just rolls with it, man. He's just a super cool guy. He's one of the best in the league, one of the best of all time. Um and unfortunately, Packer fans, after this year, he's probably going to go somewhere else and potentially win a championship there. Where could he go? I don't know. we got to see where the pieces fall this year so we know where pieces could fall next year. Speaking of pieces falling, the Panthers trade a second, fourth, and sixth round pick. I believe the second and fourth are next year. Could be wrong on that. Between the next two years, the second, fourth, and sixth are going to go to the New York Jets for quarterback Sam Darnold. I like it. I really like it. Sam needed to get out of New York. It was not going well for him. And not on the field. It was off the field. Uh, Joe Douglas is a good GM. I think uh, the new coach, Robert Sala, is going to do pretty good as well. But uh, they they get the opportunity to take Zach Wilson. So I think they're going to take Zach Wilson, and they're, they're going to clean slate move on. And the Panthers realized that it probably wasn't worth it to move up because the number four pick, which we will talk about in a minute, the Falcons are probably going to want a King's Ransom so that if they do trade within the division, they at least make it worth it. Uh, Sam gets a clean start. He knows what the chaotic media and and glamour life of New York is like, he's going to love Charlotte. Charlotte's going to be so laid back. The the whole area. Uh, if I'm the Hurricanes, I, I reach out to Sam Darnold and say, hey, come sound the siren, bud. 
Uh, you hate it for Bridgewater. He's he's already getting trade offers, or there are already trade offers for him. We don't know what they are yet, but uh, Bridgewater's going to go somewhere else, and uh, he's going to be a high-quality backup, if not a low-end starter, which is pretty much where he's at. Uh, the Teddy Bridgewater story is fantastic. Um, I don't know why Disney doesn't get a hold of that after they do a Kurt Warner story, but good for Sam Darnold, good for the Jets, good for the Panthers. Matt Rule is going to do really good with Sam Darnold, and uh, David Tepper, the owner, is showing you he's not afraid to what, take a big swing. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and call this week's episode Big Swing. They're taking a big swing and taking a big chance. They don't think they can get up there to get one of these uh, quarterbacks, or they don't like the ones that they could go up and take. I think one, two, and three is locked in. Uh, I think I know who one and two is. Three, I have a pretty good guess. And we'll get to that right now. Because we're going to talk about the Falcons, there's 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 two options. I, I would say there's two options from what they can do at number four. Because we all know number one, more than likely the Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence. Number two, I would say Zach Wilson of the Jets. Number three, who will the 49ers take? Who is worth three? I'll tell you right now. A lot of people think Justin Fields. A lot of people think Trey Lance. I think it's Justin Fields. And if you let the 49ers move ahead of you again, Atlanta, I'm talking to you, move ahead of you again and take the guy. Ken Law was the guy you wanted last year. You let him jump ahead and take your guy. This is about the third time they've done it. Then here's what you do. Even if even if they take Trey Lance, you got to think, do you really want the third or fourth best quarterback in this draft? Knowing that on average, first-round quarterbacks hit 40% of the time, so that means if we get five in the first round, one's going to be a slam dunk. One's going to be a a, a triple in the in the gap or the quarter, and the other and, and two of the other three are possibly not going to work out at all. And the third one is got a you know more than two thirds chance of not potentially working out. You really want to go for the third or fourth best in this draft? Well, you could because what if Justin Fields or Trey Lance is there? Are those the ones you want to go for going forward when you move on from Matt? And if you draft one this year, you're pretty much telling the league Matt Ryan's available after week 17. Because I don't think you're going to make the playoffs. You might. And if you do, great. Hey, prove me wrong. There's motivation for you right there. Prove this guy wrong. So, there's that option. That you should draft a quarterback at four. There's no other position. If you're going to draft in the top five, you should be after a quarterback. And if you're not, get out. So here's the other side of that. Because here, here's here's what I heard this from Colin Coward earlier in the week. I trust his sources. I trust Colin. He says he hears in the league, he hears across the board, that the coach, Arthur Smith of the Falcons, wants to stay with Matt Ryan. He's like, we got Matt Ryan. He's 35. We got a good chunk of years, two, three, four more years with Matt Ryan. He's only 35 years old. We'll stay with him, and I'll get to that in a second. You get the new GM, uh, Fontenot. Surprised I remember that. I thought I was going to have to look it up. Terry Fontenot, who wants to draft a quarterback, and he wants Trey Lance. That's what we're hearing. This is also the dilemma the 49ers are dealing with, that uh, John Lynch wants to draft uh, Trey Lance and Shanahan wants 
Justin Fields. Now, Shanahan has not been the world's best drafter. He may develop people pretty well, but he has not been the world's best drafter. He may be one of the best young minds and coaches. Yeah, he doesn't have the clout with that, so we'll see what they do with that three pick. But I don't think it matters. Falcons, Falcons fans, listen. You've got to trust Arthur Smith. He's not the one buying the groceries. He's the one preparing the meal. If you sit down at a restaurant, you sit down at a restaurant, Do are you more concerned with the person in the restaurant who buys the food, who selects the food? Or are you more concerned or more interested in the people that are preparing your food? Because I'll be honest, a good, a, a great chef can make a crap, a, a garbage steak into a masterpiece. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with the guy, the chef. I'm gonna go with the guy who is cooking and preparing my meal. I'm gonna, or the girl. I'm the person who fixes my food. That is the person I am more concerned with than the person who bought it. Sometimes the same person. In this case, it's not. So I say, here's what I think. And I I have been the number one person campaigning for. You've got to take a quarterback. You stay at four. You do not move down. Here's what you do. Because I tell you who wants to move up. There's two teams. And one is going to make you a great package. And it's going to make the the world's best deal at all. And the other one is not going to offer you as much. The one that's not going to offer you as much is the New England Patriots. If you want to trade with the Patriots, that's up to you. Not as many ties between those two teams as there used to be, but they get along. They, they, there is no animosity from the Super Bowl a couple years ago. It had nothing to do with the organization. Both have really washed their hands on it. The other one is the Denver Broncos. And where are the Denver Broncos in the packing point? Like I said, the, the Patriots to move up, it cost them like two, three first-round picks. Belichick ain't doing that. I tell you right now, he is not doing that. All right. The Denver Broncos. If this will suddenly load, I think they're at like seven or eight. If I remember. Which means for, you flip first round picks this year. Maybe they're at nine. But you flip first round picks this year. And you pick up like a first and a third. Or a first and a second. Or a a first and a a a fourth or something. They are nine. They're number nine. So to go from nine to four, I'd I'd say you you flip picks this year and a first and a third or something like that would probably get it done. If I'm the Falcons, Falcons, listen, Falcons fans, don't cut this off yet. You have Matt Ryan. He is 35 years old. He is still playing very well at a very high level. And think about this. Your defense is a lot like the Cowboys. You got like uh, one or two really, really good players and a bunch of other guys that, uh, what's the old term from elementary school, need improvement. In fact, you need to probably overhaul your defense. Both of you need to do that. That being said, you trade with the Denver Broncos. You drop to nine. You take uh, Patrick Sertain. I think it's Patrick Sertain, the the corner from Alabama. You take him to help the back end of your defense because you really haven't had corners or safeties in a in a while that are just there. Because he is a playmaker. He's got a little little Revis, a little Talib in him, where he can not only take intercept it and take it back to the house, but uh, he's a disruptor. He's not just going to cover the guy and, and hopefully 
you know, have the upper hand. No, he's, he's a playmaker. He's, uh, I do not want to say the big playmaker. But let's just go with that. Let's, uh, you, you, at nine, you, you go, you, you help your defense. You go get an offensive lineman if they fall there. You know, that's what you do. And you pick up the extra picks because you're going to need those extra picks. You're going to eventually need to find a backup quarterback. There's a couple in the league. Um, maybe you snag uh, Bridgewater. I don't. I honestly don't think that Alex Smith. He may want to come back up. I guess I think he wants a chance to start. But uh, you, you go get a quality backup, or you get a guy in the second, third rounds, and uh, you, you're kind of working on them going forward. This is this is the total antithesis of anything I've ever said about the Falcons the last 10 years. But I'm convinced you keep Matt, you, uh, you, you bolster the offensive line, you add a great corner at, at number nine, or you uh, pass rusher, one of these people that are helped secure the defense where Grady Jarrett is not on an island by himself. Now there's going to be free agents you can add that will help here and there, but uh, outside of you making trades, no, it's it's just not gonna happen. That's what you do, though. You let Matt. All right, here's what I, here's the point I was making. Your defense is crap. You know, I, we just talked about that. Same same. Look, remember Cowboys fan talking to you here. Ours is crap too. Your offensive line needs some improvement. Uh, you you could shore it up a little bit here and there. You've got some good people in place. You need people to anchor that line. Uh, you can stand with a running game, but here's what what is the what have the Falcons done pretty much in the last four, five, six years? Uh, better than than practically almost anybody. Matt Ryan throws the ball down the field. In the last couple of years, guess who has led the league in in total? And not each year; it's like accumulation of like the last two or three years. Guess who has pretty much led the league in passing yards, uh, yards after catch, uh, completion percentage, uh, things like that? Matt Ryan. The one thing the Falcons have done exceptional on offense is Matt Ryan throws the ball downfield. It helps when you have Julio. It helps when uh, when when you have. Gosh, I just forgot their entire rest of their team. They have always had weapons. If uh, it, it wouldn't hurt my feelings at nine, if uh, if if the, uh, the the Florida tight end still down there, Pitts, take him. Why not? Make the offense even better because if you don't, the Cowboys might. Uh, J.C. Horn at corner—that's another one. But Matt Ryan has kept this team from being four and twelve the last three or four years. That's five or six years, probably. The reason why you win eight, nine, ten games a year is Matt Ryan. It's Matt Ryan. He throws his ass off. He throws. He is constantly throwing, 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 bailing this team out. Ridley, that's his name. Calvin, or, yeah, Ridley. Ridley and Julio. Uh, there's all kinds of other weapons they've had. Um, somewhere down the line, there's so many wide receivers and other corners in this, in this draft. You want to grab them later on? Do that. But if you're the Falcons, you trade that pick. You trade it to the Denver Broncos because, like I said, Belichick's not giving you squat to move up that far. He's like 22nd. He's not to move up to four. Yeah, that would be like three or four first-rounders. Then he had 
you trade that pick to the Denver Broncos. You let them go take Trey Lance, or who, which which could be a decent pick there. I mean, Elway's job's probably on the line if he doesn't get this right. And at number nine, you pick up either Sertain to help the back end of your defense. You pick up a pass rusher to help Grady Jarrett. Or you pick up an offensive lineman. Or, like I said, take, take Kyle Pitts or whatever his name is, the tight end. That's what you do. That's what you do. I want the Falcons to do well. They're the local team. They, they've had a couple decent years in my lifetime. But beyond that, they're just always like a, a day late and a dollar short. I want them to do well. And in order to do well, I think this is what you have to do. It's just what you have to do. Uh, of course, as always, Falcons fans, any questions, comments, suggestions? How to find us um, at the Impact Ninety Nine on most social media networks? I think Instagram, Triller, something different on TikTok, um, Twitter, Facebook. Look, look, look me up. Look uh, Impact Media. Look up sports show. Any of that should come up uh, at Team Impact Media on Twitter as well. Questions, comments, suggestions. If you want to go to the iTunes store, give us a rating and review. You want to drop a question there, I will check there periodically as well and put your question on here. But until then, that's been another great edition of the sports show. Big swing. Big swing. Falcons, you want to take a big swing? Trade that pick. Trade with the Denver Broncos. It's 100% what you do. But I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for tuning in to another great edition of the sports show. We're going to have some fun uh, social media videos, Triller, Instagram, Facebook coming up this weekend. Uh, I'll be at the rugby game on Sunday if you want to drop by and say hello. And uh, maybe I'll live tweet the Kennesaw game. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. But we'll see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.